Okay, it's working. What's up, everybody? Uh, welcome, Dark Horse Live, episode twenty-nine. Um, yeah, shout out to the Denver fucking Nuggets, huh? Shout out to Jamal Murray. All right, real quick. If you're here early, you already know what we do on this show. Um, right out the gate, Dranos. So this is dedicated to Jamal Murray. He was draining nothing but fucking net. All fucking weekend. But yeah. Dranos, 12 pack. Kitchen sink to Thanos. Kitchen sink number two. You can't read it. It's all right. Trust me. That's what it says. <laughs> uh, yeah. Kitchen sink number two is testing at like 30%. Yeah. So that's uh, interesting. Uh, one, to, one to look at. Uh, how about uh, free shit email going across your screen? Let me get it going. There it's going across your screen. DarkHorseGeneticsLive at gmail.com. We'll put the, we'll give away three packs. The 15th, the 30th, and the 45th person. And to win, you just got to put Duranos in the Duranos, D-R-A-N-O-Z, in the uh, subject line of the email. We'll pick the 15th, 30th, 45th, 45th person, and you'll win. Um, all right, that's one pack down. Let's do... Let's do uh, something new. Caesar gave me some seeds. Caesar's going to drop some seeds. Um, you have to get on him exactly what they are. I think he's keeping it all a giant secret. But uh, if you want to know what's up with Caesar's secret release, uh, well, you got a name on these, or are you just going green dot, orange dot? Uh, that's how I'm coding them for now, so I know exactly. It's all a giant fucking secret. But if you know Caesar, you know it's probably no bullshit. So we got a green dot, and we got an orange dot. Uh, how uh, I'm gonna defer to you, Caesar. What do you uh, want? One of each, or obviously? Uh, one now, one towards the end. Uh, which one do you want to do? Green or orange? Orange. Orange up first. What do you got to do to win? Dark Horse Genetics Live at gmail.com. The, the what number person? Uh, twenty fifth. 
25th person, Caesar says. And what do you got to write, Caesar, in the subject line? GMO is God. GMO is God. Oh, my God. We gave this guy control <laughs> for just one second, and look what he's fucking doing already. <laughs> All right. There's two packs. I don't even know what it is, honestly. It's fucking secret from me. So, uh, yeah, you're going to have to bug him to get the details on uh, Caesar's free shit, man. But uh, Cool. What are we going to talk about tonight? Tonight, I'm excited we have in-studio guests. So I can actually sit here and smoke weed and looks like hash of among other things. But uh, I'm going to welcome the boys from uh, Sappy. Sappy has been, um, I don't know, buddies of ours for a long time. I guess pretty much almost since their inception. Um, but yeah, they've been uh, loyal tenants of the lab in the back of the warehouse or whatever. So uh, I figure, fuck, let's, we're going to talk rosin. We'll bring these guys on and talk rosin. And uh, they're the first hash guys we've asked to come on this show that didn't fucking cancel. So, hey, <laughs> all right, I'll bring him in. All right, everybody, without further ado, on the middle, in the middle, you've got Mr. Sappy Rants himself. What do you want me to call you? What you your real name, your your online handle? I can be John. Just John. Yeah. This is John Sappy Brands right here. And then right next <laughs> to him, uh, we've got Mason. Um, uh, these guys are Sappy. So Sappy Brands, non-solvent extracts in Denver, Colorado, um, known for, I would say, rosin, but they also do carts and all kinds of other shit or whatever. But everybody that we bring on the show, we always ask them right off the gate, like, I guess I'll start with you, John. Um, tell us just one minute version or briefly, uh, where are you from? Uh, what was the first time you smoked weed? What strain was it? And I guess since you're hash guys, you remember the first time you ever smoked hash? And you know what strain that was, but a quick bio of your youth or whatever. Where you where are you from? Where you came from? For sure. Yeah, thanks for having us on. Sure. I'll have you pull that closer to your face, the mic or whatever. Just get yeah. right in there, so all of our audio levels are the same, or scoot up, or pull that even closer to the whole thing. Will pull out. How's that? Yeah, way better. There you go. Dope. Yeah, I uh, I'm from here in Colorado. Grew up uh, not far from Lamont area. Um, first time I ever smoked weed. I would have been about 14, and I'll always remember it because I was, uh, it was Halloween that year, and I was wearing a gorilla suit. I didn't have the mask on, but I had the body of <laughs> you the gorilla that? suit on. I remember the gorilla suit part, right? Yeah, so <laughs> I was real spun. I think I actually maybe smoked once before that, but I didn't get high. But, uh, Classic story. Oh, yeah. for sure. Do you remember the strain at all? I always ask everybody. No one ever remembers, but was it just swag? Like it was beasters? pretty swag. I mean, there was like... Early on, I was getting some decent weed from people who probably had decent connects, but it was there's also some straight brick weed back then. Sure. Was mo I think it was some brick. Like, okay. Yeah. Man, it smelled good. Started with the brick. It smelled okay. I gotta say, like as compared to like loud weed now, it's like super skunky and super loud. What about the hash? Do you recall your first time ever smoking hash? Probably bubble or yeah. some sort of finger first, or hash of some sort. The first dab I ever, the first time dab? I ever took hash was in a dab. That was the perfect. Uh, time frame growing up to be you know 18 or so when dabs were new so my buddy gave me some like probably crappy bho crumble or something like that sure and uh oh my god I like the first time you ever got high oh exactly it's totally. all over so you're like wow so this exists so that was a landmark moment i'm sure for you yeah and it was still a long time before i really delved into the like making hash and yeah, getting and, serious and about yeah, hash. Yeah, and the connoisseurship behind it and just how much there is to it. Yeah, you know? yeah. 
Well, that brings me over to Mason. Mason, first time you ever smoked weed, where are you from? Uh, how'd, you, how'd you get here briefly? So, first time I guess I ever smoked weed was probably eighth grade summer or so in the back of the school back in South Dakota. I'm from Sturgis, South Dakota. Yeehaw. Oh, yeah. Okay. Good old motorcycle rally, four blocks from Main Street. Yeah. So, and I moved out. Um, I don't remember exactly what strain it was. And it was South Dakota, so you really don't. It was kind of just whatever you got. I think they told me it was Blue Dream, but I have no idea anymore. Sure. <clears throat> what about hash? Remember the first time you smoked hash? The first time I smoked hash, I honestly, I don't. I remember the, the nail I used. It was one of those big old metal nails that just you had to burn the crap out of it and torch it all the way and just take it super hot. <laughs> okay, totally. Uh, <laughs> but um, no, I moved here at 19 and then turned 21 and started working for the dab and then been with those guys ever since until they finally got a solventless division. Gotcha. I always ask these guys, I ask both of you guys, whatever. I always ask people, I don't know why I ask them, but what kind of what kind of person were you as a youth? I always stereotype you in one way. Were you a jock? Were you a stoner? Were you like, what are you the opposite of what you are now or whatever? If you could classify yourself like in high school, what were you? Uh, no, I definitely had that uh, the stoner vibe. I mean, um, yeah, long hair, went a, went a little <laughs> while without shoes, longboarding for everywhere. Yeah, definitely gotcha. the hippie. What about you, John? Uh, I was a little bit of both. I was kind of a jock early high school, but I don't know. I mean, honestly, all of high school, 14 and on, I was like, oh, this weed shit's pretty cool. <laughs> so I think I might just do that. Heady mix of everything going on, yeah. healthy competition between sports and getting high. Oh, yeah. Got you. Cool. Well, that brings me to Sappy um, and Rosin, but uh, I want to ask you guys because... Uh, let's first be very clear. I don't know fuck all about hash. I'm I'm not the hash guy or whatever. So you guys are the experts in my opinion as far as hash. Like I don't know shit. So I got plenty of questions. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm gonna learn right along with you know this audience I suppose or whatever. But uh, one question I had, and this is probably a stupid question, but do we know who the first guy to ever make rosin is? Like, was there a guy who's been credited with like I'm the guy that busted out the Revlon, I smashed the hair straightener, like I did this shit and everyone you know what i mean like sort of followed suit or can for the best of your knowledge what's the origin of like people making rosin so there's two answers to that okay the short answer is the way that we all smoke it now the preparation everybody likes it's got to be soil grown at least the story that's told is that he was the one we were all sitting there this is some water hash and we were all doing this with our water hash where we would just slab it out like this and if you were going to squish it into rosin we would still prep it like this. It wouldn't look so oily. It was more contaminant in there. Mm-hmm. So when you would press that, that would help you get it prepped to go into like whatever bag or whatever filter you're going to press it through. Soil ground accidentally got his hair straightener too hot, so the legend goes. And as he did that, he saw around the little contaminant patty in the middle, all the oils had seeped away or tried to escape the heat of the press just being close to it yeah and they all deposited around the rest of the hash which was kind of like a puck of contaminant that looked dry so uh he was the one who saw that and was like huh maybe there's something to that and then from there you just put it on a you put a filter around that hash who knows what kind of filter he used maybe a coffee filter even but yeah that's what they say. That's where they say the modern tech was born. I'm not even familiar with that name, Soil Grown. So this is a forum handle, a name he, or somewhere? Is it from Instagram? I first saw him on Instagram. Instagram? Is he still out there? Soil Grown on Instagram? Oh, yeah. I can't remember what state he's out in. Um, Ken. Ken uh, Wall. Ken was one of the guys who was uh, 
exchanging tech with him, just kind of talking about it online. I don't even know if they've met in person, but yeah, Ken was the one who uh, taught me a lot of stuff I learned in my early days of Hash. Sure, and that's kind of what one of my next questions is, is can kind of explain to these guys how you got into making Hash and then working you know, within the industry or whatever, if you will. Like, How did you become... I'll say this much. I, this much I do know about the hash business, particularly the rosin business or the non-Sullivan business. It's a motherfucker out there. Like oh, yeah. It is hard as shit. I've it's seen people crazy. come and go through our lab that have failed miserably because, I mean, other reasons. They're, some of them are pieces of shit or whatever the fuck. But regardless, like oh, yeah. we've had many people come and go. And uh, like the, the, the rosin business is all about the material that you get, I would say, Ken Wall's a name that stands out. Nicotee's a name that stands out. 710's a name that stands out. Sappy's a name that stands out. But like, I can literally count them on one hand, the number of good hash makers, or good non-solvent hash makers that actually are you know, putting out a brand within the industry because it's fucking brutal. And I guess that was a long question. But yeah, if you will, go, oh, go into like how you got into making hash. You know what I mean? For sure. It's been a long, crazy ride. That's for sure. It was for both Mason and I. I think I could speak for both of us that it's never what you expect. And it's a, one of those burgeoning industries that's got so much happening all at once that you're constantly exposed to a new challenge, a new hurdle. Um, we both, I got my start back right when I was 21 as well. That was, we got the badge. You know, that that yeah. was the requirement is, you know, you got to be 21 to get a badge and, were you making hash, obviously, under, I should say underage, but before you were allowed to get a badge, if you will, or whatever? Because you get a card at 18, so... We we had messed with open blasting and, like, stuff that we just saw on the forums, and it was way more just smoking hash. It, I mean, we were just buying stuff at dispensaries, learning all the different textures, mostly from buying it at the time. Sure. Did uh, you come into the business as a BHO hash maker, or was that kind of the only thing around? No, yeah, that was just all we were smoking on, but... By the time I finally was 21, I was finally starting to see and hear about non-solvent. I didn't even know what it was. I would see pictures of and videos of these dudes out on the West Coast who would post these melt shots on the Halen Honey Holes, which was a type of quartz banger, but, uh, I don't know, five, six years ago. And um, maybe seven, eight years ago now. Anyway, these guys were, the hash looked crazy. It was just something I had never seen compared to the kind of dabs we were doing. And this was all when Red Hot Dabs were slowly being realized to be the bad way to dab. Like everybody was, and when people were pro, um, preaching, you should go low temp with it. Then other people would say, "Oh, you're wasting it," and nobody knew what the hell they were doing yet. Right. So we were. I was steady working my uh, working myself up through trimmer jobs and harvesting jobs, and I've worked numerous places around denver so i don't know if you want to name drop anywhere or whatever but how many shops or how like how was sort of your path do you know yeah or do you want to mention was, you don't have to if you don't want to oh well, the only one that i i mean there's no more that i can really discuss was cam and it was a oh you worked at cam it was a controversial thing in its day i didn't know you worked at cam you were making hash for cam no no i was i was it was a uh, something that was that was the line that was the direction things were headed but everything came to a halt Right. So anybody that doesn't know what Cam is, Cam was a dispensary in South Broadway in Denver, and they got shut down for Photoshop and a license. Yeah, that I was just everybody a, was taking the store. Like I was just a lowly like, trimmer. I <laughs> I for sure actually had no idea any of that shit was going sure. on. I didn't even know that was the licenses, any of this compliance shit that you learn as you go through the industry and the regulatory end of it. Sure. I didn't know any of that, so I was floored that you could just. 
out of nowhere have your entire operation gone you're done you broke the rules that's it were you there when that shit went down no i was actually off that day and oh but you were still the working call. there technically. oh yeah I was, I was still employed there i was getting ready to go trim the next day and i got the call none of the employees had any idea that that shit was in a real license on the wall Dude, i don't think so wow i, 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 I can't speak much on it because sure. i wasn't involved but like well, yeah that wasn't the show we were going to do tonight but uh, no okay yeah, crazy yeah. shit. <laughs> anyway so i started there and it was a prestigious place because it was great verified collection of genetics and it was as somebody who, you know, was young and wanted to be around the plant, being around that kind of stuff was the uh, the kind of stuff that you know you're actually seeing the real thing, if that makes sense. So I would be like, oh, this is this cut of OG, or this is what haze looks like and what diesel looks like. Like, all that stuff is super valuable to learn as a grower, as a hash maker, and so that get it was a bunch, you know. I got to see all the coolest stuff, and it was all rugs taken out from under you at once. Sure, so it was a crazy first experience. So how did you get into pressing or whatever? Four or five more places. Just uh, by the end of camp, I was like, they were trying to get a non-solvent operation going. So I was like, okay, this stuff's cool. Still didn't know how to do it. And get a job from my buddy, um, over on the west side of Denver. End up meeting Kenwall, who the summer before I had started growing. And I hadn't ever produced any solventless myself. One buddy of mine actually had used a little bit of fresh frozen trim that I grew in a tent in my like college house. And uh, it did okay. I got some water hash off of it. And we were already melting the stuff on the honey holes. Like it was basically full melt, maybe five star by today's standards. Anyways, the um, job where I met Ken was over on the west side of Denver there, and Ken was super experienced. He had washed some of my subsequent crop uh, just from my home stuff. So when I saw this guy, I was like, oh, you remember me from like a year ago? Like you, We did some work together. He's like, oh, yeah, for sure. And he was just starting his non-solvent operation with a, gotcha. a company over there, and it was just luckiest break ever, and I was totally. all of a sudden the apprentice. So that was a very long winded story but that i got you so you know roundabout way you learn from kenwall you know what i mean 100%. You know, um who's a great hash maker or whatever he's got probably many apprentices i think he's done like many seminars and other shit like that or whatever so okay. uh yeah kenwall is a great guy or whatever uh, let me lean over to you mason uh how about your entry into the industry or whatever if you will so you turn 21 and you get a badge and or so, 19 yeah. i guess move out here so what do you how do yeah. you get in here? So, yeah, I'm com- like I said, come from South Dakota. The plan was always just to learn what I can and take it back there eventually just because I don't know, it's, I love it back there. It's a lot like here up in the mountains. Whatnot, There's a lot just of a smaller scale. A lot of guys like you <clears> that came to Colorado to soak up like the knowledge, the skills, learn, like, learn everything they can and bring it back to like yeah. their home home base or whatever, which is cool. It was either like either here, California, and I was like, here's way closer. Six hours back to home. I can drive that. So yeah, turned 21 and uh, I just put an application in for something on Craigslist and it happened to be uh, the dab over on Almeda and uh I started trimming with them for probably two years or so, always waiting for my opportunity to get into the grow side, and then eventually that came, and I grew for probably three more years or so. No, probably two and a half. And then um, from there, I just wanted to... I was introduced to concentrates, and then I was like, I want to start making this. I want to learn how to do this, and I always pushed for we should have a concentrate division. We should make in-house concentrates with all the stuff that we grow here. And... um, Thankfully, that happened. Kenwall and John came in and uh, started up Sappy, and 
I was like, I, I want to be the person that goes over there and either packages for them or does anything that I can just to get on that side of it. And uh, so that's what happened. I got really lucky there and went over and learned under the bu- the best in the business. I so think. essentially, when you came in, you didn't know shit about like squishing or anything. Nothing. You were just no, like, I'm, I was a, I'm a blank blown slate. away by everything. Yeah, I had no idea what went into it. I, I thought I did, and it's completely opposite of what I thought. Got you. All right, well, now we know how you guys got here. Let's talk about hash. A um, couple of questions I have is, uh, why is non-solvent better than BHO or hydrocarbon? Uh, I have a personal opinion on this, and you know, I, I'll just say it tastes fucking way better. That's it. You know what I mean? Like, There's many things beyond that. You're not smoking any butane or any residuals. But uh, I think it tastes better. But I'm going to ask you guys, do you, have a, you know, do you have a definitive answer, or what's your personal opinion on that question? Is it better, or why do you, do you think it's better than BHO? Yes, but I don't think that objectively it has a lot of qualities that make it superior. I just prefer it. I think that's. I think I have an emotional attachment to it. But I love good BHO. Totally. I mean, fire hash is fire hash. Exactly. So, yeah, I'm with you there. What about you, Mason? You thinking? It's it's the taste and how how it feels on my lungs and, I mean, I like I I definitely like the BHO, the fire stuff. I'll I will pay top dollar for that to get some of the tastiest stuff i've ever had but this is just easier on me i uh and i definitely like the taste more and i make it so i mean gotcha that's another big thing for me is making the thing yeah. really if you understand how it, you make it do it in and out exactly Obviously, you know you guys probably test your own products so you know there's that um let me ask you this and this is probably another dumb fucking question but uh why do you guys use bubble to to press rather than weed in like bags because i remember weed or stuffing bags like little bubble bags or whatever from and then they were squishing the bags or whatever freezing those dry ice freezing those do i've seen with the flour yeah with the flour and then squishing the flour raw i mean um but now i shouldn't say now it seems like it's always been but what you know why i guess you're using a concentrated material to squish so you get a higher return obviously or something but explain to me why you guys generally use bubble to to squeeze or squish rather than just a raw flour? So the main reason for sure is uh, terps, the short answer. And the reason is that when you squish from flour, if you try to squish wet flour, like live, fresh flour, you'd obviously just get a bunch of water because it's very waterlogged when you harvest. Um, If you dry it all the way down, your terp profile changes massively. Lots of the compounds kind of shift and degrade or um, are influenced by those um, kind of breaking down of compounds. A lot of the chlorophyll and stuff in the bud will slowly shift and rather if you cure your stuff properly anyway. That right. difference in profile that you get from the dry stuff versus the live profile that you get on a uh, plant that's still got all the water in it that's still on the plant, basically it's the difference between the way the resin smells on your finger from some dry bud or right off the plant. Gotcha. And, and it's then, always fire off the and plant. And the flavor translates, right. I'd say, a, a lot. It, when you squish dry material, it, the flavor can be really great. And it, it is a different profile because it's dry, but it's generally not as terpene rich. It doesn't coat your mouth like a... You can get, like, straight candy or straight crazy savory terps with hash. Gotcha. Um, what tech question. Uh, what... what uh, 
what press do you guys use? What plates do you use? I know this is like a big deal. There's a million companies out there. There's a lot um, of good ones. Yeah. So do you guys have any preference? Are you sponsored or? <laughs> Low temp all the way. I mean, we had a. That's what? the name of the company, Low Temp? Yep. yep. Okay. Low Temp. Yeah. Low Temp Presses. Yeah, they're our homies. They're right here in town. <laughs> we had a Rosin Evolution when we when we first started peer there. Pressure. Like we had a peer pressure so when we first started there. And it was really nice, but the the low temp is way more portable. It's way it's simpler. It's it's easy to use. And uh yeah, no, I just it's really simple to use and Yeah, straight up there in one of those machines it's uh Is there a secret temperature or is it common industry knowledge like you squish at this temp? Oh, it's pretty, people are pretty split on it. Yeah. You'll see a lot of the biggest names out there right now pressing very low, and that's a selling point for them. Uh, a lot of this stuff will butter really quickly. The lower it's squished, the more prone it is to nucleating quickly. Some stuff will just butter right off the press. Like It's hard to collect because it's literally just a butter now. Um, but that leads kind of into the whole new jam tech and rosin batter tech thing, where they, that's a way to work around those unsavory dry butter textures that's gotcha. not that's not a texture anybody really wants with their rosin these days well that's another one of my like elementary questions is like talk to me about textures because i don't really get it i you know rosin used to come out looking like sold in square pieces similar to the parchment we have on the on the display here or whatever where it would be like almost looking like a piece of shatter right you know what i mean but then it got into you know soupier stuff or whatever yeah go ahead and push some yeah, more in there some Camera should readjust. There's a little batter in there, or whatever. But yeah, you've got different textures. Is there a superior texture? Is there a texture generally considered sh shit or whatever? Um, talked about a little bit about textures. We also there's pins. So you guys oh, have yeah. gotten this into a liquid essentially type of form, um, but you're not cutting it with anything. So I'm very interested in how you can have a a stable material, a soupy material, a sh you know a shatter type looking material, a, a liquid type material. Um, but yeah. Uh, Please go ahead and explain any of that. Yeah, so um, the texture really, it varies because it's depending on what the user's looking for in the end product. A lot of people think that the fresh press, like right off the press, without doing anything to it, is just the best flavor. I'm pretty inclined to agree. I mean, if you do a pretty low temp press on some super nice terpy hash, it's going to be really terpy the second it's off the press and it hasn't had any time or exposure to elements to be... Uh, losing compounds or off-gassing terps. It's not really the correct form of talking about the volatizing, but hash is a super volatile substance. so It changes the moment it is exposed to air after you squish it, essentially, right. is kind of what and you're it, saying? It can be really slow. It can be really fast. It's so dependent, like I was saying, about press temperature, just strain, press duration, amount of pressure used. Basically, it's just as crazy as washing and growing, where like every little bit, of the process it's so simple but at the same time it's like you can get so deep into it like matters so much or one little thing can fuck up the entire process or exactly, whatever exactly exactly so with that all the textures when you go towards since it's not so stable that's why the batters are pretty hot because it gives you something that will actually be stable by making it you're making it into mashed potato rosin basically you're taking all the all the compounds and the cells and any in integrity of the structures left from the squish which it's, it's already been pulverized trichome heads pushed through a you know turned into a liquidy gel strained through a mesh screen and then from there it still re it retains more integrity because of the the films and 
fiber. It's not fiber. It's kind of a I'm trying to think of the word for like a meniscus around the rosin. It's, it's almost like a skin. If you let it get halfway buttered, like it'll be kind of rigid in parts and then totally chipping through in other parts. Okay. So once again, that's why people went towards the sort of batter or deconstructed texture because that it sits at a more stable texture and it won't change much more. It can dry out still. Right. But it, uh, do you, once you've pressed it again, my elementary questions here for me, but once you've pressed it, do you then apply heat like within an oven? I know you don't need a vacuum oven cause you're not purging out butane or anything like that, but, uh, I guess you, somebody's probably tried to fuck with a vacuum oven out there, but do you put it in an oven or then you put it immediately to like cold? Are you trying to get it into like a freezer right away or a, not a freezer, but a, you know, a chilled, you know, wine cooler or something or whatever the fuck. Yeah. So if you were trying to keep it that fresh pressed texture, you can totally just stick it straight into a fridge or freezer and that'll maintain it for longer. Obviously the colder you put it, the longer it'll maintain that fresh texture. Um, but it's also, if you're trying to go for a batter or something that resembles more of a jam, which is like a further step than it's almost a partial decarboxylation of the hash that induces a different physical state. Um, that's kind of similar to how they make THCA diamonds kind of thing is what you're talking about right now. Or that's what? actually, um, they're similar because they both involve more exposure to heat, but the jam tech definitely generally requires more heat. Gotcha. But so that you can put it in an Jeez. oven after you press it. You close that door, all the crickets and shit just started going. That's yeah, crazy. That's weird. Was that no literally like the second the cricket started. There you go. Nice. Um, uh, I wanted to say I've totally spaced. I was thinking about it earlier. I said there was two origin origin stories to Roger. Oh, yeah. I only said the one. Okay, I said yeah, the soil well, ground one. So that's like the modern. That led to all this believed. rosin batter right. stuff. Well, it's, it's totally the case because it was rediscovered. I hear I hear guys that are you know in their forties or maybe even fifties, like that are you know big time stoners. They're like, oh, back in college we did that shit. And they're like, we would take a double boiler and we they had the gross black hash they would get back in the day from whatever kind of process they got it from, and they would push it up against the edge of a double boiler just in the pot and get it pretty damn hot but not burning it, and the same damn thing would happen. Oils would start leaching off and dripping into the bowl in uh-huh. the double boiler off of this black hash and that was og rosin tech they were using the heat to separate the volatile and the desirable compounds off of the un- less refined kind of moroccan style or whatever it was right like but no squish and- just the heat exactly okay exactly. and the squish i guess you're pushing it up against the bowl or whatever but it's not like a Sure. Pneumatic or I could see hydraulic how, pressure like we're using these days. I can see how both sides could claim though that like that was my tech or whatever because it was like I discovered that or it was like I discovered the heat part. Well, I discovered the squish part. You exactly. know what I mean? So and but, soil ground was doing it with the high grade, but maybe not high grade, but bubble hash. Sure. Um, that leads me to another question. Uh, let's talk about strains. Um, since you guys basically bubble everything before you wash it, is there a return on the bubble that you need to see? before it's even worth like squishing for you or making a reality that's you know worth your while uh, and also let's talk strains versus terps like um is there a terp that washes well or strains that washes well if you will uh, i mean i know there is but uh, you know what what are some strains that you guys crush with and um 
what are some strains that you know don't work well? For sure, Mason. Mason, you want to take any of Yeah, our, to- our best ones are either that Chemdog or that Dayglow. Um, that Dayglow is one of my favorites, a really good uh, citrusy, orangey terp that uh, you don't really see too much of. And it just dumps if it's grown really well. What's a good, what's dumping? What's like percentage wise or whatever? Um, I mean, we just hit 7% for the first time ever the other day. Um, yeah, normally, we would 6, on 6, 2 or Kim so or the on the day, day glow. glow. Okay. Yep. Um, which we were kind of surprised about. But uh, normally, that's an average of like 5, 6 to 6, 2 or so. Um, and that's. That's our highest one. The chem dogs at second. They're probably around the same, yeah, maybe chem, five two. Chem can yield that high, and we've seen stuff from, you know, hobby washes or stuff we grow in small amounts just to do tests for new genetics. And this definitely, it's a crazy strain specific thing. But like you said, does a certain terp wash? That's a really good question because a lot of the strains that wash fall into like categories of like terp profiles that express well that were the terpenes that the plant expresses and whatever compounds occur with whatever terps right seem to coexist with that trichome and helping it maintain its integrity or not having an action that harms the integrity of the trike because if you like you remember lemon g yeah. That slime. It's the slime resin. Absolute. So greasy slime. Grease stuff, yeah. Yeah, the terps at the actual green parts of the bud and the brock like, secrete or whatever. I don't know how it works, but <laughs> it's crazy. And that shit is a... It's like D-limonene, which is in your fucking gugon. You know what I mean? Right. It's like a super caustic chemical. So that's why there's not a prayer in hell that you're going to wash some lemon G and it's going to do anything in the water. That D-limonene... As soon as it hits the water, it'll it has an entirely different synergistic effect with the water and the trichome. But the trichomes, are, with any agitation, are just going to explode into smithereens like a you know a grape with no skin on it. Right. With, that's all juice. It'll. Uh, and that's specific to the terp. Exactly. So stuff that is, and then you get the spectrum. You know, something that has a little bit of that lemon G terp. Maybe you'll be able to harvest some heads still that have that keep their integrity but also you get a little bit of expression of that cool terp so that's why it's such a crazy terrain for that let's say there's not a whole lot of haze hash out there and i would say like maybe you know like haze terp essentially is not a good terp because like you just don't see it like same action a lot of those super caustic and like yeah and that grease and kind of slime characteristic that some strains produce in their resins yeah, it's weird because they're not all D-limonene, but I, I guess there are just as many others that are essentially caustic or very um, strong solvents in sure. themselves. And like like I said, lots of terps are used as industrial solvents. So when you look at a strain, other than smelling and you know identifying certain terps, you might know right away this probably isn't going to wash well. But uh, what's the benchmark where you guys say like we're going to do this or we're not going to do this? If I gave you a strain and it was the firest shit ever, you know what I mean? But it didn't really wash well. Like, what would, where would you say it's not worth it? At what percentage? Depends on how much I'm trying to grow. If I'm only growing it for the head, if it's fire enough, I'll wash it. Even if it does like a one and a half percent. Does it say one two percent? You're still doing it, but yeah. nothing commercial, There's, obviously. I don't even know if a strain that tastes that good. If Skittles only did one or two percent, I'd probably still be like, run it, right. man. I think it does like three yeah. percent though, doesn't yeah, it? I think so you it's could right do there. Three, it's four. I, I think 
it would like to hit its full potential you would want to run it through multiple different medias and nutrient lines a, a whole shebang totally who's got the time and money to do that right <laughs> well that i said you guys getting material from all over the place and i don't know if you do actually but where is the majority of your material coming from? Is it just from your own grows, or do you have some go-to grows that give you guys material? And uh, kind of tell in-house. us how Sappy all operates. In-house. 100% in-house? Yeah, all Sappy Gardens. Yeah. Is all your sales done at DAB, or are you guys wholesale outside of the DAB? Yeah, we're the DAB yeah, and the Silver DAB Peak and exclusive. So exclusive Sil- to the Silver Peak chain. family. Yeah. And yeah, Silver Peak just has one <laughs> location up in Aspen, and then the DAB downtown and the DAB. Definitely. And we move it all through there. Yep. <laughs> I was going to say... Uh, can you give us like a top, I don't know, three strains that you like washing or like the, I'm sure this audience being kind of a seed audience is probably wondering like what seeds should I buy? I don't care if it's any breeder, you know, what seed should I buy um, to try to get some really good washing strains or whatever. I get asked this a lot. So we always try to pass our strains to somebody like you guys to get a wash on. But at the same time, you know, if you, you guys are running shit all day long, what's the superstars in the hash world right now as far as strains? I mean, the day glow, like I said, from us, but then on the side, like if you got good animal mints, animal mints is a favorite of ours. That wedding cake the washes Cushman's, really well. The Cushman's, Cushman's throws down low key. What about GMO? Oh, sure. GMO. Oh, yeah, GMO is the, ha- the hash superstar. Yeah, it, it I've dies. heard stories of homies That's hitting kind of what I thought eight, nine, 10%. <laughs> and that, and that, I could talk for another 20 minutes about that because. What about OGs? It's great. Oh, OGs yeah, hit? OGs rarely hit. Rarely a hit, couple rarely do. Hit. Like it's one of those things you're ro- really rolling like the, the lottery of trichome express- expression, and then even then, I still have a hunch that you'll see markedly different results if you try the whole different media, different new. You know what I mean? It's right. Like, such a crapshoot. How often are you guys mixing strains together when you squish, or mixing bubble together? Do you mix the bubble together? You know, when you you press, or are you just you know, whipping it together after the fact, or like I see hash makers mix shit up together and then call it a name or whatever, and it's like okay, so you guys combined all this together. Right. It's almost like breeding, but you're just using all the extracts or the terps and creating your own mixtures. Um, how explain that process a little bit to I, me? I like we do it not very often because yeah, we try to stay pretty strain specific. Well, and the the thing behind that is mainly to let the person who has whatever grams of hash decide the ratio and like make their own mixes and it's like then you can make infinite mixes if you have all the sappy flavors as strain specific but you're right where and it, it totally does bring in a different character if you like intermingle these strains in the water where the water is still a solvent the, uh, that's another discussion that you could go on forever it's it's sure it's a solventless process and the water doesn't act on the head that you collect in the like so the the end product hasn't been acted as much as a solvent on as right. what you have actually lost to the water, which is Why some terps. Call it a solvent, though. I mean, it's not. Can I add? Something? Good. We can't hear you, Caesar, but I'll repeat it. Um, I was told that the water is a medium versus a solvent. So Caesar's right. saying the water is a medium versus a solvent. Well, and so. Or he was told that. Basically, the the old theory is, and it's it's funny because I I do consider it a solventless process. It's like yeah, it's kind of a misnomer if you want to get technical about it. But so you could call it a medium. You could technically call it a carrying agent. I always thought that sounded unscientific, but it seems to be a fairly common phrase to call it a carrying agent. Sure. But water is a solvent. So many things dissolve in it. So many things are solutes in water. Uh, you know, salt, a million things, sugar. 
Um, so it, it's the universal solvent. It's people's argument who are like, dude, of course you're using a solvent as water. But um, it doesn't act on the trichome heads that you're collecting. Like it acts on it. It might strip some kind of terpenes or some layer of the trichome, but you're still retrieving an intact trichome head. You can look at it under a scope, but you can just see it when you scoop the hash right. in the bag. That's the goal. So those are things that the water really hasn't acted strongly as a solvent on. Um, it, Versus like, said, like sugar or something. Well, and so pieces of the bud for sure do. Like some strains do have the D-limonene and you won't get it as strongly because a lot gets lost to the water. So the water has acted as a, on a, as a solvent on some of those oils, but not the actual trichome itself. It's a weird thing how the the terps do seem to express inside the oils in the trichome head, you know, inside the walls of the membranes, but also in, in the green parts of the bud too. So I don't know if they're the same ratios of like, you know what I mean? It'd be crazy to get a test of that. Yeah, interesting. Like, oh, because you, you wouldn't get a good test if you were testing water hash because you've already put it through the solute, you know what I mean? The solvent in that sense. Sure. Ah, oh, so funny to think Interesting. of water as a solvent. But yeah. that's, it's a super, it's, super... Yeah, I, I almost will never consider it, but I guess I follow your logic on that. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's yeah, it's, it's crazy, yeah. Um, all right, so let's talk uh, tips and tricks or something. I'm sure these guys, there's a couple guys out here who have never squished, or a majority of the people watching this have probably never squished or pressed anything in their life. What is the cheapest simplest little way that these guys can get started? I mean, you're not really hucking products here or whatever, but if you had any... Uh, any tips or anything to start making rosin? Where do you start? Well, start with what this guy said. I agree. Water is a solvent, but people don't call it that to not mix things up for noobs. That's Mossy222 in the chat. And uh, Mossy is a smart man. Yeah, it's, it's Mossy like, will argue with anybody is. and everybody, but he's <laughs> usually right. Yeah, that's what's up. Like I said, it's so convoluted, and the answer is so long-winded that it's like, no, really, the part <laughs> that you get from it, it hasn't had a solvent act on it very much sure but uh yeah back to my question real quick um oh, like yeah. how do you start something or maybe throw it to you mason um do you have any ideas <laughs> for do you guys press at home i mean because here's one thing we talk about briefly is like you can't make bho at home dude you're gonna get a like a fucking controlled substance charge if the you know they come and catch you or whatever you got a closed loop in your house like it's a big fucking deal but you are allowed to make rosin in your home you know what i mean yeah. all you're literally doing is plugging in some plates and getting a press from harbor freight or some shit and, uh, you know, I mean, you can make rosin yourself, but uh, I don't know nothing about it. So if you were going to start, if I was going to come to you and say, Mason, I want to do, I want to set a rosin press up in, you know, in the studio, uh, where, where would we, how would we start? I mean, it all starts in your grow. You have to, it's, it, it all comes from the grow. The material you start with definitely, um, determines the quality of the rosin, how much you're going to get out of whatever you grow. Um, and depends on the scale. So. Yeah, you, you, you harvest maybe six plants or so. You get a little little heady stash for yourself for sure. Um, do I want to make? Do I want to dry this weed out like super dry, no. or how do I want to dry? So this you're weed? definitely gonna want to at your harvest time. You're just gonna bag it up and toss it in the freezer, um, and get it fresh frozen. Get it in the freezer and get it ready to be washed. And then from there, you if you get some bags or something like that, order bags online. We use bold bags and um, ice extracts and. And when you mean bags, you guys, you you Are, put your material in a bag when you when you press it on the plates, correct? Oh, or are you talking bubble bags? No, we're talking about like well, wash this, bags. yeah, wash, wash bags. bags. Yeah. Okay. Then there's a whole middle process between pressing it on the plates and starting out. Gotcha. Um, you got to wash that and collect it and then dry it all out 
get all the water out of it so it can go through that press without moisture in there gotcha yeah so from there like he said use fresh freeze a small amount of weed break it down learn to wash there's tons of youtube videos tons of hash makers like us who you ask them a question they'll tell you what's up how to make yeah how to yeah. wash and then from there you take the hash put it in some mesh bags another process tons of info out there so that's one of the things with water hash now it's like if you're really passionate about this stuff and you it's really want to learn yeah you can learn for sure where's a good resource for anybody who's really interested in this stuff where can people learn other than my dumb ass questions like where is, is there like a super good hash forum or something Man, instagram is a yeah crazy forum. Insta's where i see everything Insta, yeah. um, deal with the trolls but the info's out there and uh, <laughs> i'm repping the low temp boys again they they have a bunch of videos on their insta page they squish flour um straight from trim what's their instagram page if do you know it off the top of your head just low temp plates. at low temp plates. At low temp just plates, one word yeah. all across yeah. okay. at low temp plates Yep, yeah, temp. check them out. Shout ask them out questions because uh, I don't know the answers, guys. You can hit up Sappy too at Sappy Brands and ask them some questions. They I might piss them uh, off with that. You but. can tell that I just keep going when I get asked <laughs> a hash question. I never know when to stop, so that's good way, guys. <laughs> cool. Um, any specific like? Does it matter? Because you're only buying the plates from these guys, correct? Does it matter any like tonnage or anything when I'm trying to get a press? Can I just get like a tabletop one, or do I need one of these big ass things I see, like you know what I mean, from Harbor Freight? Or does the low temp guy sell the whole fucking kit? Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Can get the whole entire the pressure providing device and the cage that the plates sit in with the mechanism that moves them up and down. Oh, they got it all ready to go for you. Oh yeah, and so. like we said, we like pure pressure. We've used them. Uh, Rosin Tech is another great company out there that you know lots of people have great success with their products. But yeah, low temp, there are guys. They're, cool. They're homies. What? Uh, getting down to the last ten minutes, I want to give away some seeds here in a minute. But uh, we have a few minutes left. We'll open it up to any questions in the chat. If you guys have any rosin specific washing questions, non solvent questions, uh, we'll take a peek, uh, fire them off, and we'll start spitting them out. Um, I'm gonna queue up the next. The next giveaway here, which we'll do Caesars. We did green dot now? Or you did orange dot? Yeah, green. So Caesars giveaway, which is going to be green. Green dot on his mystery surprise pack that he hasn't revealed any information about yet at all. Um, you're going to have to send an email to. If you see a question in there that you want to answer, John, fire away. Yeah, you're way closer to that than I am. <laughs> Caesar, you can read some out and if I'm you want to also. Uh, best way to dry water hash without a freeze dryer. Best way to dry water hash without a freeze dryer. Yeah, Mossy's correct here. You don't really need it unless you're doing weight. I wouldn't, I mean, yeah, I agree. You could do a big amount without a freeze dryer too. Either way, you're doing microplaning or sieving the wet hash. You got to get it really thin on parchment on some kind of tray or people used to use pizza boxes with parchment on them and you'll put that in a temperature and humidity controlled environment it takes anywhere from two to 10 15 days depending on the where you live the environment you put it in exactly and the texture of the resin it's a much more involved process much more prone to leaving moisture and thus exposure to other pathogens with the trapped moisture but it's not. It's a. It's a way to go. And if you smoke the hash quick, it won't go bad. What's your favorite all-time best return strain, Caesar? What's the code word and the number of person? God. What? GMO you can't God. use the same one. It can confuse the oh, shit out of me. Um, 
Ten percent return. Ten percent return. Caesar. So you got to write ten percent return. Dark Horse Genetics Live at gmail.com. In the subject line, ten percent return. You will win this mystery green dot pack from TH Caesar. And Mason or John, best favorite all time return strain. Like Mason said, yeah. that, that Dayglow is up there. You guys keep saying the Dayglow. Day yeah, that's a sappy uh, ex exclusive. You can get it from a few other people that have it now, but uh, that originated at our place. But on top of that, there's, like you were saying, what should people grow? Pretty much anything with chem in the genetics is usually a good starting point. Chem strains really tend to wash well. GMO, a lot of people... We'll uh, shout out the GMO. I mean, it, yeah, like Caesar said, ten percent. That's definitely straight a up. Like, starter. we've heard of it doing that. It depends on your water weight at harvest. We've talked about that sometimes. Gotcha. But uh, here's a question about uh, dry ice in the water while making bubble to keep it at temp. Um, you guess something you ever mess with? What was it? Ice and water. It says, uh, "Can you use dry, dry ice, ice in the water while making bubble to keep it at temp?" We never have. You could. It's. I mean, not, you burn so the shit out of yourself there, potentially. There can be like trace industrial like petroleum's and weird solvents that they use in the production of that shit. Of dry ice. Yeah. So if you have it, like directly exposed in the water that the weed's getting washed in, it can be. It, I don't know. It's not necessarily the most sanitary or the least contaminated. But I don't know. Most of it's probably pretty pure. If you were really hard pressed, you could drop like a little chunk of it. It would probably keep it colder, but it's gonna start bubbling like crazy. You could use it in a double boiler type sure. cooling. Let me ask you yeah. this, since it's not necessarily favorite strain, but do you have a favorite terp as we talked about to wash or whatever? Is there one that you're like, I love washing this particular terp? Uh, Skittles, man. Yeah. Skittles. Anything with the Z in it. Just Lots of we've, super tasty. We've had some O Z Kush. That demo. Shout out sure, the demo. Sure. Uh, Fino of OZ. Mm -hmm. Demo grow. It, it yielded like nothing. Oh my God. <laughs> That's was, the way it goes. It the so best shit yields it. nothing, it was right? So worth it, yeah. Uh, yeah, we have a few minutes. You guys want to show and tell anything? We didn't even tell the people the entire episode what they're looking at on the screen. It's <laughs> sort of fuzzy and shit. Which one is it? Um, but yeah, what is that? Well, oh, that's that sour garlic cookies, number one, the Bloom Seed Co. selection. Okay, sour garlic cookies. Yeah, that shit's bomb. What else that did you guys bring that we can show off? We got some. Ooh, this is a buddy of mine selected this. This is a selected this. Wow. It's a modified mints from Sin City Seed Company. Okay. That GMO to Sin Mint cookies. Too. Man, More. GMO. You, you make us, you would think we just are obsessed with GMO. I got the sour dubbed GMO in the Sin Mint or the. I should have heated it up a cookie. little bit. Here's some wedding cake. <clears throat> And the, the color, I mean, I've seen all kinds of different kinds of colors of hash or whatever, or of a rosin. I mean, it seems to be getting whiter and whiter as we go. Is there any, you know, particular better, when I'm when you're buying rosin and you're looking at it as a noob, is there anything that you're looking for? Yeah, so you definitely don't want to see something too dark or super amber or brown is no good. This one, what was this one again? That's the modified mints Mo yeah this one smells great sin mint uh, gmo i always think it's blue power to gmo but it's definitely sin mint cookies to gmo and that has only been finger pressed that hasn't been exposed to anything yeah these are actually the water heat. hash yeah we didn't press anything because we were low on time but so these if you press these into into rosin it would basically maintain that same color that you were seeing on really the that's, yeah, that's just, just water huh yeah, it's 90 just, it's just 90 you wow I've never had anything close to that on my bullshit 90s or yeah, whatever washes. Is there a secret to washing? I've seen guys that like have a broomstick that will like 
very slightly agitate the shit out of it. And I've seen guys that are like got a drill and they're just fucking going for it. You know what I mean? Like again, it all starts at the at the starting material. If if you have a good grow, if you have good material thrown into that water and ice, you can slap that around and you will pull out some really nice hash from there. Yeah, it's you got to be somewhat mindful of (coughs) your you know agitation. That's that wedding cake. But yeah, stuff that's gonna yield, it's it's usually just got the right characteristics, physics wise, to uh, maintain integrity to be extracted in the water. Yeah, that's that wedding cake. That's just ninety U, finger pressed, from a high quality garden. So this camera. And this is some stuff we grew ourselves. We didn't have. Well, that batter we showed you that was from Sappy Gardens too. Yeah, this here batter. There it goes. I'm trying to get a sexy shot, but yeah, it doesn't it, want to cooperate. And yeah, it's super stuff. tasty stuff. <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, shit, we've only got a, a few minutes left. Do you guys want to uh, shout anybody out? Or uh, obviously your material, or your, all your stuff's at Sappy. Do you guys have a fresh drop coming up? Or anything new coming up that you're excited about? Coming out this Friday. Yeah, we got some of that sour garlic cookies. So that'll be cool. That hasn't been released on the shelf in a minute. We drop every uh, every Saturday. This week we'll also have a little bit of trop cookies. Oh, you do every Saturday. I didn't know oh, that. Yeah. So every yeah. Saturday every you guys are dropping? We get a little Downtown bit of product make, It depends on the it. week. Like we were talking about how crazy the different yields are and different strains and returns from wash and from rosin. It varies how much we drop every week, but we definitely get something out. Very cool. Cool, guys. I want to appreciate or I really appreciate you guys coming yeah, on. First for Ash guys over. that came over. I'm sure uh, probably just scratch the surface. I can dig into some of these topics and get a little bit more technical or whatever um but yeah we'd love to have you guys back and teach more about pressing or whatever and uh yeah i don't know i love hash i also didn't really get to touch the pens too much but i want to talk about pens in the future Definitely. because mm-hmm. i smoke the shit out of them pens when i travel yeah, and it's always not solvent for, for me sure. but uh yeah once again thanks to the sappy guys um we're gonna have to sign this fucker off before we get kicked off but uh uh same uh, bat time next week same bat channel and uh, throw a like and subscribe. And also check out Illuminar, the only semi-sponsor we have on this show. Hooked us up with a bunch of lights, so I tell everybody, check them out. Get your flash updated. And peace.